All right, joining us now is Home Depot co-founder, Bernie Marcus. Uh, Bernie, it's always a treat to get some time with you. Thanks for doing this. And congrats on the new book here, Kick Up Some Dust, Lessons on Thinking Big, Giving Back, and Doing It Yourself. Where'd you come up with that name for the book? Well, it's, it's what the whole book is about. The fact that you can pick up some dust, you can make things happen, and leave the world a better place. And the whole part of the, part of the book is that uh, two things. Number one, I want people to understand that capitalism is alive and well. Capitalism is the reason that Home Depot is successful. And all the things that I have done because of Home Depot are because of the capitalist system. Raising money in the market, we were totally undercapitalized. We had no money and nowhere to go, but we were able to sell stock to shareholders and build the company piece by piece by piece. And today it's one of the largest companies in America. Uh, and I think has a capitalization uh, only second to Walmart uh, in the retail business, maybe higher, but you know, with the, every day with what's going on in the stock, it's hard to find, but it's, it's, it's it remained to be a really hot company, a great company. 500,000 associates in the United States, Guam, Hawaii, uh, Mexico, Canada, and uh, all the things that they do in their stock, how well the stock has performed, has allowed me to do all the things that I want to do. Now, there are many people out there uh, that have enormous amounts of wealth and they don't know what to do with it. They come to us. Jay, who's on the line with us, uh, they sit down with us and say, we have all this money. We have all the toys. We want to do something. Tell us what to do. And we try to teach them that put their minds into it. The same brains that created their wealth can create good things for society. And you take a guy like Mike Milton, Mike Milken was a, he was one of you guys. He was a, you know, Wall Street guy. What did he know? He had prostate cancer. And when he had prostate cancer, fatality rate was 50%. And he said, I'm going to, I'm going to take this on. Well, who the hell is he to take on, you know, when great scientists, researchers, but he did. And he used his brains. He uses uh, his intellect. He uses uh, his ultra, his, his uh, entrepreneurship. And he put together teams of people. And today they have brought the fatality rate of 50% down to 5%. Now that's amazing. That's a guy who knew nothing about medicine. So my, my, my lesson to everybody is there are things you can do. There are things we did in this book that tell you, you don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to be a researcher. You don't have to be a doctor. Uh, and in, in, in solving Education, you don't have to be an educationer. And certainly you don't have to be a, uh, uh, you know, a, a Wall Street uh, guru to figure out what the hell is going on. So uh, my thing is get off your back, do something good for a world, for the world, make yourself a better person and you'll get more appreciation out of what you do than if you have good earnings every quarter 
believe me, it's much more when you save a life. Bernie, I, I love the stories you, you shared in here. I've, I've followed your your story and your career since I was in college, uh, but I, I found things I, I didn't even know. I, I didn't know you wanted to be a doctor. Didn't know you had a dozen jobs by the age of 15. I didn't know you were even in a gang. I, I, as you look back, are, are you just like, wow, I can't believe I, I did all these things. I'm a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. It was tough environment and we were very, very poor. And we lived in a very uh, tight community. It was a tough crime ridden community and survival taught me I had to either be in a gang or get killed. So I joined a gang. And I stayed at the gang for several years until one day I just moved out. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's the same thing that uh, there are great stories like this for uh, other people in the book uh, uh, that, that I tell. Mm -hmm. but, but I did want to get into medical school. It was something I wanted all my life. And I couldn't get in. I realized that looking back now, you know, 93 years of age, I, I spent most of my life looking ahead, not, never looking back, but I never realized how much anti-Semitism there was in this country when I grew up. Having been born in 1929, I lived through the 40s and the 50s and the early 60s, and you couldn't get into medical school. They had a quota system. Only 10% of Jews were allowed in medical schools. And it was almost every medical school in the United States. And that was my dream. And I must tell you that it was the biggest shock of my life the day I found out I couldn't get in unless I came up with $10,000. My entire family, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, nobody, we, we could not put together $10,000. And so I quit school and uh, went to look for a new life for myself which I eventually found. I, I will say- Retail, yeah, retail. Yeah, yes, you absolutely did. And I, you know, I didn't realize this. And the last time we talked to you was about maybe two years ago, really before the pandemic took off. But now we're here in, in 2022, interest rates are going up. Inflation is still stubbornly high. And, and these were the conditions, I'm I, thinking back, that were in place when you founded Home Depot in 1979. Are you surprised we're back here? And how does this end up for our economy? Well, you know, they say, if you don't read history, you don't know history. We're right back where we started. And uh, we opened up during the Jimmy Carter days and inflation was 20%. Interest rates was 20 some odd percent. And people were struggling. Uh, manufacturers were struggling. We opened up in the middle of this. And fortunately, because of the capital market, we had cash. So we had to pay our vendors ahead of time. We paid vendors the day they delivered the product, which is uncalled for. I mean, it just doesn't happen, but we want to keep them in business. And I can tell you, there are hundreds of manufacturers who are major manufacturers today that we kept in business those days by paying our bills quickly so they had the cash to buy product to keep their people working. And it was not an easy time, but here we are all over again. We don't learn a lesson. Inflation is killing us. Uh, people are struggling. Uh, you know, a gallon of gas versus putting food on the table. 
is not a, a place you want to be. But our customers now have that. It's unfortunate. We just don't learn. Just don't learn. Do, do you feel as though the economy, does it, does it feel like the same economy that it did back in 1979? Well, it's, it, it was easier. It was easier now to fix it than it was then. Uh, he, Carter, didn't have the tools. Uh, you know, he had all these people kept ca captive in, in Iran. He had uh, OPEC really against him. Uh, and if you remember, oil and gas rationing was pretty horrible. You had numbers and you couldn't get gas if you didn't have a, a certain number. Well, you know, we have a president that just doesn't believe in that. We're sitting on tons of oil and gas and he doesn't allow us to drill. It's, it's, it's basically stupid. I, I can't come up with another word. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. And we will continue to suffer this, this inflation and our people will continue to struggle with high prices as long as he maintains this, this facade of climate control versus uh, allowing us to do the things that we should be doing. Um, I don't know. I, people live on a different planet, I think. I, I, I feel one day, I wake up in the morning and I say, where the hell are they coming from? I, I don't understand it. What, why are they defending, not drilling, when in fact climate change, you could put off over a t period of time and do it over the next 30 years, 40 years, and do it intelligently, but not slam down on it, kill everybody today. Mm -hmm. So it's hurting everybody today, not good. I know you're a big free market uh, guy, Bernie. I mean, that's how you created or helped create Home Depot. I mean, do you, mention, you mentioned capitalism uh, a couple minutes ago. Do you think capitalism is under attack in this country? Oh yeah, it's, it's under attack in universities. Um, you have professors who are socialists. We're teaching it to the young people. And we, we had, a, we had a, uh, a poll at one point that was very frightening because it showed that almost 50% of the young people would vote for socialism over capitalism. Uh, they just don't know. They get to their hearts, they don't get to their brains. And uh, unfortunately, we have a whole group of people growing up today where they think in terms that socialism is good for America, whereas in fact, capitalism is what puts food on the table, what's mm -hmm. allow people to grow, allow people to, 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 to develop uh, economics in independence. And uh, they don't get it. When they get it, it's like so many friends of mine say that their kids were socialists up until they got their first job and they took all that money out of there. Paycheck to pay taxes, and all of a sudden they became capitalists. Mm -hmm. So that may be the story. How do, how does the country get out of this, Bernie? Vote with your brain and not your heart. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, let's focus a little bit more back on on the book. Um, how could you know in this climate where we're seeing the economy so under so much pressure? Where does that leave small businesses? You are a champion of small businesses. When I walk into Home Depot, sure we have the big vendors there, but there are still a lot of small businesses in a Home Depot. Uh, what's the state of small business in this country? 
uh, very bad, very bad. Mm -hmm. You can't find people to work because the government is giving people money not to work. And uh, it's very hard to run a business when you can't produce product. The biggest problem is can they produce product and we're finding they can't produce product. Uh, that's number one. Number two, they have the energy crisis that's facing them. They have to ship product. Everything has to be shipped. And ship means gas and oil. And when the price of gas and oil is so high, it reflects on your prices and eventually puts you in a position where you're not competitive anymore. And eventually it gets back to the consumer and will the consumer pay that price? And if the consumer doesn't pay that price, you're not selling your product. It's, it's, a, it's, a, wild, it's a wild story. In addition to that, the small businessman has so many regulations that they have to deal with. I could not be a CEO today. I mean, I was a, I was a successful CEO for like 20 some odd years. Hell, I wouldn't go near it today with any amount of money. That'd be crazy. Do you think you could create Home Depot in this environment? I don't think so. I think if, if we had the regulations to, then that we have today, Home Depot would be a chain of 12 stores. I just don't think we could have grown. I mean, the HR, uh, the hiring practices, uh, the, the, uh, all of the restrictions that they put on you, the SEC, uh, every SEC, FTC, LSC, all the, all the alphabets, all put pressure on small businesses and they're killing them. And small businesses can't fight back. They don't have the people in Washington and they don't have what the big companies have, including Home Depot. Uh, they can't fight for what's right it and they get picked on. And members of Congress uh, just vote along with it because, well, it sounds good. This sounds good, but they don't run businesses. And most of the people in Washington never ran a business. You have a president never worked a day in his life, never worked a day in his life. What the hell does he know about economics? But he sure spouts about it a lot, but he doesn't. And running a business, hiring people, training people, uh, being able to produce a product, this takes a certain skill and you have to understand that skill. And just running a small pizza restaurant for Christ's sakes takes skill. And uh, they're getting pummeled day to day and uh, we, I know we do as much as we can. Uh, we had started something called Job Creators Network, which represents small businesses. And we're fighting on the hill every day to beat some of these regulations. And some we win, some we lose. But there's nobody out there that really puts the time and effort into it. Uh, Bernie, just a couple more before we let you go. Uh, you are known to be one of the, uh, the biggest philanthropists, philanthropists in this country, uh, a tremendous giver away of your wealth, and you've been doing this for many years. Is the giving pledge still the gold standard in this regard? <laughs> Say, what do you mean by that? Is that still, you know, in light of what we heard from Patagonia's founder, you know, where he's giving away essentially his whole company, is something like that the best model? Is the giving pledge a best model? Or what you've been doing, I would say, could be a good model too. Well, our model is to do this, to invest in things that we think will have a, a real positive 
outlook and, and actually help society. Uh, for instance, right now we're working on post-traumatic stress for military people and civilians. It, you watch this thing with, uh, what was his name, the football player that just got knocked out of Miami? Yes. You know there's no treatment for that. There's no treatment. We have a treatment that started in, in uh, Denver, Colorado, and it's treating traumatic brain injury. And we have the data that shows that it works. We are trying to open hospitals around the country that will be able to treat the veterans free of charge, first responders, firemen, policemen, all people that are suffering with traumatic brain injury. And we're hoping that that becomes a, 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 a protocol in the United States. We saw another football player yesterday struggling with post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, and they have to have a place to go. So we are looking for other philanthropists to come aboard with us and help us open hospitals around the country. And we are, we're interviewing three more hospitals. We have six in the fold right now. We have Jefferson, we have Tulane, we have uh, uh, North Carolina, uh, Chapel Hill, we have Operation Share in Atlanta. We have University of Jacksonville. So, but we're looking for others to fill in the places. And we have the data that shows that it works. So we're hoping to make a big change. These are the things that we're doing at the, at the Marcus Foundation. We're, we're putting money where it actually will help people and will help them survive and give them a better life. Well, I, I think what you uh, have done over the decades, this is uh, absolutely tremendous. We'll, we'll leave it there uh, for now. Home Depot co-founder, Bernie Marcus. I encourage everyone to get, get this book. It's just an awesome read. Kick up some dust, lessons on thinking big, giving back, and doing it yourself. Bernie Marcus, always a real treat to get some time with you. Thank you for joining Yahoo Finance. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.